Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to study the biblical book of the prophet Isaiah, lesson 9, to serve and to save. In our text for this week, we find in chapter 42, verse 1, in the prophet Isaiah, and I read the following, Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Servant Nation. In Isaiah chapter 41, we read in verse 8, But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Abraham, my friend. When God calls you his friend, that's good for the soul, isn't it? Abraham, my friend. So, imagine your name, and then God says, my friend. And here we find that Israel, whose first name was Jacob, afterwards he was called Israel, the one who is with God in, in, a, in a fight, cause of fight, and this Israel, he became the father of 12 men, sons, and they were the ones, out of them came 12 tribes of Israel. And God had a plan with this nation that their knowledge about God, their experiences with God, should go on to the Gentiles around. A plan with a nation. And then came the Messiah out of this nation. Of this chosen nation, Jacob, Israel, my servant. And then, when he was there, as we can see on this painting by Maximilian Janche, the Austrian artist, Look at Jesus' hand, how he touches this woman who was sick, had problems with blood, losing blood all the time. And here, his face, looking at her, touching her, because she trusted him, believed in him. The servant Jacob, the servant Messiah. And the plan is the same. The knowledge about God shall go out to the ends of the earth. And 
What is the secret of this knowledge? He is a loving, caring father. He wants you to be risen. He wants you to become noble. Someone who has got peace in his heart because the sins are forgiven. He wants us to be newborn people because of the Spirit and of the water, baptism, the Holy Spirit. And the more we are in connection with his Spirit, the more his Spirit can work in us, that we are changed into him. He is the one who wants you to reach the goal in eternity. Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Unnamed individual servant. Isaiah 42, verse 1. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Look at him and this piece of art on this painting by Maximilian Jancha. The Messiah, my servant, mine elect, in whom my soul delights, even to the Gentiles, even to the Gentiles, the knowledge of God will go. And when you look at the face of this woman who was healed, we see what the aim of God is with us. Being healed in body and soul. Being healed. When we go on reading here, he shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. It's not necessary for him. A bruised street shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. So everywhere. Everybody. He's quite different to all of us. Thus says God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out. He that spread forth the earth and that which comes out of it. He that gives breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. You couldn't live without 
the surroundings of this planet. If somebody would take you away from here, out into the space, you will be dead in five minutes. No air to breathe. You need this planet to survive. You need the air, you need the water. You need the plants, the seeds to eat. Otherwise, you will die. And he arranged this planet in such a way that, can you, that you can exist there. He made it for you. If you're taken away, you're dead. Like a fish, which is taken out of the water, then it will die. It must be in the water. So we must be on this planet. Otherwise, we are dead. And in verse 7, we read, what's the aim of this Messiah? To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. <sighs> to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from prison. This is the role of the Messiah. He wants to help people to reach the goal. He's the one who makes your life and you. Persian Messiah. Now this is a very special title. A Persian Messiah. Let's have a look at this map over here. When we look at this map over there, then we see here the Persian Kingdom. And what is so special here is that the colors show how the land looks like. This light color here, these are desert areas. Like here, here in Egypt, you cannot live there. There you will be dead. This is land where you cannot exist. And then there are light green areas. These are areas where sheep and goats can eat some grass, but not meadows as in the Alps <laughs> in Europe. But here a grass and then a yard, another grass and so on. And then we have dark green areas. These are forests. 
these dark green areas. And then we have this green in between. Between the light green and the dark green we have this color. And this is the most important one. This is land where you can sow seeds, where you can get barley, corn and these aspects to have bread. And when you have a close look, you see this color is only where you can see big rivers. It's around the rivers. Here in the Nile in Egypt, Euphrates and Tigris here, here Indus, India, nowadays Pakistan, here in this area, this river here, this river up there. And although the kingdom of the Persians is a huge kingdom, you see a huge area is good for nothing. But this area here, this is very important. Here many, many people could live from what was sown. Now, in chapter 44, towards the end, in the beginning of chapter 45, we find that God says in advance that a Persian king named Kairos will come and set Israel free. Imagine, in the time of Isaiah, the Assyrians are the superpower. And they are in front of Jerusalem, they surround it. And it was a miracle that an angel killed all the soldiers of this army. But the Assyrians, they were the superpower which was about to control every other power in this area. The Assyrians were destroyed their nation by the Babylonians in combination with the people from Media here. And they together defeated the Assyrians and destroyed Nineveh, Assur and these big cities of the Assyrians. And later on, the people from Persia, in combination with the ones from Media, they together destroyed Babylon. So this is far away. 150 years in between from Isaiah to Kiros. And God told through Isaiah that Assyrians, they will be defeated. Then there will come the Babylonians and they will deport the Israelites. But they will be defeated by the Persians. So it's far into the future, 150 years into the future, what will happen. God is foreseeing the future and it will be fulfilled to the letter to the character. Hope in advance. Now imagine 
how far in advance prophecies are told to the Israelites through Isaiah. In chapter 44, we read in verse 27, that says to the deep, be dry and I will dry up your rivers. Verse 28, that says of Kyrus, he is my shepherd and he shall perform all my pleasure. Even saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. And then, chapter 45, verse 1, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Kyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him, and I will lose the lines of kings to open before him the two-leafed gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Oh, that's interesting. The Babylonians had Babylon as their capital and it was so safe, so secure, because Babylon was surrounded by the river. Around and the river flew through. Now, when you want to attack the walls, there is a river between you and the walls. So, so how, how, how could you attack? You cannot put up a ladder because it's in the water. It will be thrown away by the flood of the river. You, you cannot go exactly to the walls to, to undermine them. The river is between you and the walls. So there's a distance. So how could you get it? over these walls. How can you destroy these walls? It's impossible. So this city is absolutely secure. What could you do there? But here we heard in chapter 44, verse 27, I will dry up thy rivers. I will dry up your rivers. So how can that be? Curus got the idea, the Persian king, to dig a new bed for the river Euphrates. A new bed for the river. And they digged and digged and digged. Many months they have worked. And in the end, the river, he found a new bed for him. And the old bed became dry during the night. And one part of the river went straight through Babylon, the city, just in the middle. And where it went into, there was a huge gate, but it reached only a bit into the water, not to the very bottom of the riverbed. So when the waters had gone, the Babylonian city was open under the gate 
in the bed of the river. So the Persian army could walk in the bed of the river under the gates into the city. They could open the gates from within so that the Persian army waiting outside could go in through the gates. What is written here? Be dry and I will dry up your rivers. That says of Kyrus, he is my shepherd. He will do so. 150 years before it happened. That's great, isn't it? That's prophecy and fulfilled prophecy. A feeling and suffering servant. In chapter 49, we read, Listen, O isles, unto me, and hear you people from far. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother has he made mention of my name. Here we have another messianic text showing in advance a feeling and suffering servant. He suffered for us because people suffered like this woman. And Jesus healed and healed and healed people, day by day. And when you look into this face, you see what it means to be healed by the feeling and suffering servant. And in verse 5 we read, And now says the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel he not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Verse 6, And he said, It is a light thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob. So that's one, one part of the work. And to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give you for a light to the Gentiles. Oh, really? That you may be my salvation unto the end of the earth. So this was only part of the program. Raise up the tribes of Jacob, restore the preserved of Israel, as we can see in this story, healing this woman from the blood which dripped and dripped and dipped and dipped. He should also be a light to the Gentiles, that you may be my salvation unto the end of the earth. 
That is the work of the Messiah. He wants you to be restored. He wants you to be healed in your body and in your soul forever. It can happen that when we die here, that our body is worn out, sickness all over the body. But when he comes again and will call you to life again, that you are resurrected by his word, you will get a new body, a body which will never more experience death, a body that will be fresh all the time. Whether you're 100 or 1,000 years of age, you're the same. Your body does not change. No, no wrinkles in the face and so on. You'll be fresh and strong and beautiful. He wants to restore you for eternity. But at first, your soul must change. This means your attitude towards him. That you become a loving, trusting follower of Jesus. Then all of this future events will follow. Summary. In chapter 41, verse 10, is one of the most important verses of the book of Isaiah. Here we read, Fear you not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yeah, I will help you. Yeah, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. There are two elements for us what we should do. Fear you not. That's the first point. And the next, be not dismayed. That's for us. And five other points... For I am with you, I am your God, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Five times, five promises of God. I will be with you. Fear you not, be not dismayed. Because dip, 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 I am your God. I am with you. Don't have to be afraid. Be not dismayed. A story from my own experience. When I was a teacher at a state school, I was a Lutheran Protestant. And then, by reading the Bible, I discovered 
the truth about the Sabbath day. Saturday. In those days, the pupils in Austria, they had to go to school, to attend school from Monday to Saturday. Now, Saturday, Sabbath, oh, I should go to church. I shouldn't teach in school. So I went to my headmaster and told him about it. And he was not amused. Not amused at all. And I wasn't allowed to keep the Sabbath day. And I told him at the beginning of a new school year in September. And as he refused, I told him, well, whether you act like this or not, I will not be here on Saturday morning. I will not be in class to teach the pupils. And he did not believe me. And he said, then you will be dismissed. They will get a sack. Then the first Sabbath came. And at this time, my wife was pregnant with the second child. So she's a teacher too, but she could not teach because of her pregnancy. It was at the end of this pregnancy. And we had built a house and a lot of money I had to pay back to the bank. So the amount of money we had to live on was very, very small. And if I'm dismissed, what should I do? In Austria, there are only state schools and a few private schools run by the Roman Catholic Church. So they would not <laughs> be interested in installing a teacher who wants to keep the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. So all the schools are schools of the state. So it's the, the same boss for me, the state. And if I am dismissed by the state, I am dismissed by all the schools. So what to do? What should I do? I did not come on Sabbath day. Then they stopped paying me for two months and a half. Zero. When you looked at the paper, where normally you find the figures of the amount of money, 0 0.00. And as they found out that this did not work, they dismissed me, I got a sack. But I went to court, to the highest court in Austria, and said, that's not fair. I haven't done anything wrong, I only want to obey God's command. And the five highest judges, so the Supreme Court of Austria, they decided to put me back in school again. And during this time, it lasted for three and a half years, a fight between the state and me, judicial fight. I read every morning this verse, Fear you not. 
for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yeah, I will help you. Yeah, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. <laughs>